Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Barney Deglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, Bing. what could I do? Bing. Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on It's Monday, I'm going to be on the mic for six hours today. Beg me not to sing today. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, uh, Keith Varney, and my buddy Mike talk about the practice. David E. Kelly's award-winning series. This week we are talking about season seven, episode 20. Heroes and villains. Mike, do you know we have only two more episodes after this one for all of season seven? I'm really excited about it, Keith. And I think it's about time we let people know the plan for season eight. Yeah. I think I think it's time to break the news now. Okay. Do, do, would you like to do it or would you I'll like me to it. be the bad guy? No, no, it's okay. It's not a bad guy. Uh, so, guys, you know, we looked at the metrics and... Mm-hmm. Um, Nobody watches the YouTube. No. Uh, and people actually listen to the podcast. They and, do. And so we really have to look at our work to life ratio and yep. put our efforts, and efforts I use in lowercase because, <laughs> uh, and, and just uh, focus. So we're going to keep the YouTube toys show going. We've got some other ideas we're going to spin off. And we are going to obviously see this thing through. Of course. We committed, and it's maybe one of the only things I've ever committed to in my life and followed through with. And uh, we're going to just go back audio only for season eight. We are going to, also, of course, do the season end oopsies for uh, right. this season and next season. And, you know, for some reason, if there's a, re- a special episode or whatever. And, of course, the grand finale, which we haven't talked about really yet and discussed. But whatever the grand finale is for this podcast, we will, mm-hmm, of course... Mm-hmm do on Our video series well. finale yes and whatever that ends up being yeah yeah and trust me when i say keith and i are not going anywhere uh we have lots of silly stupid things we are going to be doing but we just thought uh as thankfully life is getting back up to speed uh we we we're gonna save the extra michigas that this the it's it's not your fault people who watch it's all the people who don't <laughs> Wow, way to uh yeah. I I, <laughs> I I like somehow that you turn hold on, I have to let the cat into the window. Uh I love how you, you turned our uh our, our laziness into a guilt trip to to them. I, I really appreciate that. I think that's uh Well, I mean I, I mean was, I well the played. truth of the matter is is that this we it takes us two to two and a half hours to film it. It takes me probably another three to to make I mean it's a whole it's a it's a whole thing, which I enjoy, but it it's 
uh, not there's we can be using that time for other things. Yes, indeed. And frankly, uh, the reality is nobody cares. So why don't we? <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we move forward? I I I uh, we 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 have a lot to get to today. But uh, right. I will say I'm very proud of myself this week. Uh, I'm. I'm a relatively handy guy for a musical theater professional, but as a as a dude, you know, it's a uh, cars are a mystery to me. But I was very proud to have uh, replaced our uh, our headlight bulbs yesterday. So oh, great, I buddy. was, uh, yeah, I like popped the the hood and everything, and uh, and swapped out the bulbs, and it even worked. I was I was pretty excited about that. I had a, a pretty big breakthrough this week too. I, I, it's it's gonna. Well, we'll see, maybe. So I don't know if I've talked too much about it on the air, but I've been having some vocal issues going on a year, two years now, whereas a part of my range, which has always been very, very easily accessible to me, they call it the flip falsetto, and it's been something very, very easy for me. Um, mm -hmm. But over the past two-ish years, uh, about D5 through F5, has that has been usually my, you know, a very pingy, nasally right. sound has uh on sometimes not been there at all and sometimes made this weird like rattle which i thought for sure was a physical issue I went to an right. ent they couldn't find anything so recently as being an old guy i've had to go on some medications one of them being a blood pressure medicine because my genetics are shit and mm. one of these side effects of uh blood pressure medication it's also a beta blocker so it sort of regulates your adrenaline and your blood pressure and your heart rate and what i've on a gig this past weekend, I found that also when I rehearse, because I live in an apartment, I, I sing it half voice a lot and I mark a lot, which right. there are certain things in your voice, Keith, you can attest to as as you really have that really crazy mix. You can't you can't rehearse that not at 100 percent because otherwise right. you can actually. Right. There's some things you can only do at 100 percent. You, you That's put right. it here and this is death with tension here as a singer. Oh, yeah. No. And that can really like fuck things up. Yeah. Yeah. Because your body remembers muscle memory. And then when you get stressed out, you go to these really tense places. Long story short, I had a string of gigs this past weekend um, and on this medication and with some really supportive castmates, I was able to sort of let her rip a little bit. And I found that sound that was happening, but then I was able to get past it. And then I, I, I felt a sort of a click where I was able to find my mask again, which singers will understand. Mm. And though I'm a little older and it's a little harder than it used to be and some rerouting that needs to take place, once I got there, it was back. Well, I, you know, I've always said that if you, if you know where to place something, right, you know, this isn't just like willy-nilly. Like, if you actually know where you're going, it really is all about commitment. And it's, it's about full energy without tension when i mm -hmm. when i'm teaching voice like it's all i i always use the analogy of like a baseball swing right where you are putting all of your energy into a fluid motion you're not you're not tensing anything you're not pushing against anything but your entire body is completely committed to a baseball swing that you're constantly in motion there's no tension but complete and total commitment and effort and uh same way you hit a home run is, is how you uh, sing correctly. So, uh, so even though I'm trying to back out of uh, doing a lot more of these gigs, uh, the fact that I was able to kind of get uh, realize that I'm not broken was uh, that lifts a weight. It lifts a weight. Oh, for, for sure. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, 
you know, when in the basement here, because I'm not performing anywhere, uh, what I'm recording, basically, I just like, I'm just refuse to not hit the note. It's like Liza Minnelli, just like, ah, I'm just going to do it. And then I'm not even going to think about it. And uh, most of the times that works. So, and sometimes it doesn't in a spectacular fashion. Uh, somewhere so on Jen my told hard me to drive. rest and she says, you also talk too loud and too much. And she's right. I realize that I'm, mm. I'm underutilizing my mask in my speaking voice and doing all these podcasts and sitting down and working for the past few years. You sort of start to live here. Yeah. Um, and the truth is, this is where I talk. So I need to get back up there. Get up there, man. Uh, I've, I've been, uh, I've been talking up here for, you know, 17 years. My, uh, I think, I don't think my voice ever really fully changed, but, uh, you know what people would really like to change, uh, the, the topic the format, of our conversation yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and they would like to, uh, us to change to our very important segment. Filings and subpoenas. Filings oh. and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Well, okay, so we have heard, uh, as I talk too loudly here in the basement, we have heard, of course, from, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do with you. I'm just going to bring the mic up here, and I'm going to yeah, talk in my NPR Gross, voice. a little Terry Gross style. Okay. So, uh, according to the YouTubes, of which Phoenix Cage is a moderator, he weighed in on our last episode. That last episode, of course, being less is more. Um, and uh, there were some Instagram comments about that not being a favorite episode. And uh, Mike also says, Mike, I'm with you. It's really hard to know how you'd handle being cheated on until it happens. Years ago, I made a list of rules. The only three things someone could do to make me immediately end a relationship. Interestingly, cheating isn't one of them. It's not that I wouldn't end a relationship because of it. In fact, I actually did end the relationship after one time it happened. I kind of suspect that not adding it to the list might be hubris. That if someone were capable of cheating, I'd already know it. That if the relationship ever started getting bad enough that my partner was thinking about other people, I'd have, I'd have to course, I'd have course corrected. But then again, maybe it's not hubris. See, my number one rule is honesty. With me, there are no lies, including lies of omission. Anyone who can handle that rule will build a relationship on trust. And a relationship with that foundation is unlikely to end in cheating. Interesting. That's an I've I've never really codified a set of rules like that. And uh yeah, I don't know. I I I feel like for me everything would have to be on a case by case basis because it's like it's I don't know, like if she killed my cat, then I think that would be a deal breaker, but <laughs> it would be I don't know, it's complicated, Mike. What do you think? It is complicated, and as I get older, much to I think what to what Phoenix was saying there. Well, as I've gotten older, I've realized that rules are tough for me because my I've learned that I am not as smart as I give myself credit for emotionally. Meaning that if I if I do not have direct empathy for something, meaning I have experienced it myself, I, I mm. fool myself to assume how I would react or how someone should react. So if I, I, I actually emotionally, my, my emotional intelligence these days, I like to upfront when I'm talking to someone who's going through some, someone, codify everything with, I either, I can't empathize with you. I sympathize, I can't empathize, I haven't gone through this. So I, I feel like maybe, mm. you know, because I just, I've learned the more I know, the more I don't know. So 
yeah, everything we talked about last week was was pure speculation because I I, I haven't been cheated on or I've dated some really great cheaters. But, uh, I mean, yeah. it's true. It's they're they're either yeah they could they could just be excellent at it. Yeah, it's Which, like you know they, what? You, okay. I mean, to be fair, I don't I don't have any evidence that you're a serial killer, but that's not exculpatory. You might just be a very good one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the truth is. Not the, not the truth. It, we could we could phrase our conversation on the show more like more or less that you know we really are disappointed with Bobby because he's such a he's he's got such a wandering eye and we could just we could state for the record he's just a terrible cheat. I mean he his flirting is so on the nose. His 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 cheats are with people he dated. He lets Lindsay watch yeah, him. He's going no, taking her to restaurants. It's terrible. He's not a good liar either. He's bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, neither is Rebecca. Apparently he's. Uh, Nobody yeah, that, was on the show. That, that, well, you know, if, if everyone was a good liar, it'd be bad TV. And it, you would because think nobody as would ever discover attorneys. Anything. You'd think they'd be good at it, but they're not. So uh, Phoenix also has a comment on Annie McDowell's character uh, from, of course, Less Is More. Uh, Mike, I will help you sum up Annie McDowell's character. She pretended to be malevolent with fake bombs and a fake cannon to teach us all a lessons. If the Joker was chaotic good he'd be her ah that is a very good wow uh observation especially if you're a D person because that's a character alignment in dungeons and dragons which is one of the reasons that i'm on the mic for six hours today because we're gonna do this for uh two and a half hours and then we're gonna do toys for at least an hour and then uh, i'll have three hours of DD tonight uh i I, I just Keith, I have a little chair. D&D surprise for you in a in a few moments. I, I'm Do not you? gonna spoil it past that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm excited. Also, I spoke to a, a colleague that I will not name because we put this on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reference to this episode, as a matter of fact, uh, and their comment was, and and it gave me pause for thought. Truth be told, this person said they don't that Andy McDowell, though lovable and and very charismatic and and sweet. Uh, never has really enjoyed any of her performances. Really finds her not to uh, not to be worth the hype. And to which I thought, well, that's a valid criticism. I I could see it. Interesting. I could see it. She thinks. She's, Interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. I, I I'll be curious uh, to to hear who that was. I mean, uh, it was you was it James Snyder? Yeah, you oh, don't okay. know this person. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let us move forward. Folks, if you would like to join the conversation, uh, Mike, how would they do that? Oh, Keith, I, I, I would love to tell them. As a matter of mm. fact, it's very simple to do so, uh, I thought. Oh, there we go. Yeah, just contact yeah, us. There you us. go. Uh, outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com, at outofpracticepodcast on Facebook or on Instagram. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I think it is time to hop back into the time machine and talk about uh, what was going on. Uh, this day in the basement. Of course, we are talking about April 21st, the year 2003. Uh, you know, Mike, what were you up to? Keith, I was getting ready to graduate from college, uh, but what I was really doing in my apartment in Harlem, New York, with my friend Jason, see, we didn't have cable, but we did invest in a nintendo gamecube and i was playing ah. one of my favorite games of all time i think i've talked about it before jason and i used to pass the controller back and forth and like 
play games jointly, which was really cool. I miss him because my wife doesn't play games with me, so I miss JJ. Uh, and we were playing one of my favorite gamies of all time. I'm talking about the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Oh, look And at I that. remember this game came out on the, the very underpowered Nintendo GameCube, and I thought for sure that this was the peak of what graphics could do. Could ever I was, do. I was playing a full motion video cartoon. Uh, what was funny is that they hid a lot of loading screens and stuff behind just endless sailing upon the ocean, which was just like two colors and so they could load things in the background. You spent right, right. hours literally just sailing, 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 sailing. But this game took hours. You used the, the little, the, the awesome Nintendo GameCube, which was like this big. It came with a little CD. It was on a CD-ROM. It's one of those mini CDs. Uh, thanks to oh, yeah. Philip948, by the way, for the for the video. And yeah, this is what we spent uh, months of time. April through, for, for a little before April, actually. But I remember April was the big month we spent playing it as we were getting ready for final juries. And so uh, I'll never forget, back in 2003, April, me and Jason sitting on Indian style, or I can't say that, crisscross applesauce on the carpet, playing The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. It was a great time. I mean, that's awesome. And uh, if I remember correctly, the uh, we, we played that GameCube a fair amount. Oh, yeah. Like the, you know, for the next travel year. travel with me, yeah. Yeah, because, well, and, and when you were, when we were in Brooklyn, we would use your stolen projector and play Madden on the wall. It was not stolen, borrowed. Was it ever returned? No, but I'm not sure it was expected to be, so that's... Stolen, so that's stolen. I don't think, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> okay well yeah anyway well i'm i'm excited because we next next season we're actually going to be able to talk about a little bit of that where it, it's sort of the it's interesting because the finale of the practice is going to coincide with our meeting and right. uh, and because i actually we're probably not going to get to when you moved in at brooklyn no but uh the series finale of the practice is going to happen when we were just finishing up tour. Hmm. Yeah, well, it, th our last video episode, well, second penultimate video episode, which will be this season's Oopsie Awards or season Oopsies, I'll get to talk about this summer uh, when I do Forever Plaid. So we'll get to actually see a little clip of that. So that'll be good. Oh, great! Yeah, because because uh, now if you're if you're if you're listening at home, mom, and be like. Didn't he talk about doing Forever Plaid and graduating from college? Yeah, he did because uh, it had a little bit of a snafu about what year was what year. So, uh, so get ready. It, you know, we're we're already in syndication, so we're sort of doing reruns. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's just so, light topics like emotional repression and yeah, uh, smoking yeah, yeah. a lot of pot. So there you go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, what I was doing, going back in the emails, it, this is a little bit of a cheat. So forgive me, okay. uh, but. This week, uh, we were emailing setting up an event I'm going to talk about, and that was the retirement of my high school music teacher. Uh, her name was Andrea Hollenbeek, and she, she, her name is still Andrea Hollenbeek. Um, but uh, so she was name. continues to be that name. Um, but she was a uh, my high school music teacher, chorus teacher. She music directed all the theater shows, and we were 
um we were very close in in high school we were i i, I would i considered her a friend um throughout that time period and we did we spent endless hours at the various festivals and this that the other thing um and interestingly she had worked with my mother my mother was also a uh a teacher and there was a very famous strike in the early 80s in Heinsberg and uh, she was actually teaching at that school so she was a member um of Heinsberg 28 or I forget what the number was but anyway so long history and she was finally retiring um this year and uh, after a wildly successful um completely revitalizing the music department at at Mount Mansfield where I went to high school um and uh had done all of this tremendous work and uh so she was retiring that year so some of us alums decided to come back for the final concert um of the high school season and do a little um and and uh perform in like an alumni chorus and then uh, me and my buddy nate we performed a song for her at that final retirement concert which was really really sweet and really fun and I, I really uh, enjoyed doing it and appreciated it uh, although I look back on it now it's and I'm a little embarrassed because uh of the song selection right so Lily's I was eyes? going I was <laughs> that would have made sense it would have made more sense than what I did I, I was in a huge like Billy Joel phase at that point she's got away and and I sang she's got away which on first thought yeah that makes sense and then you're like oh wait that's that's not really about like a generic person who's awesome. That's a love song. And uh, no, I, very I, specifically, very much so. And I, I don't think that really dawned on me at this point. And I'm like, just like singing it. And I'm, ugh. So it's a little embarrassing when I think about it. You're it blushing, did, did buddy. sound a little bit like I was seducing my old music teacher, which I very much was not, but it was pretty. Or maybe you're you know, just embarrassed because it didn't work. I, it's, it, you don't know it didn't work. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I blame, I blame my buddy, Nate. He should have told me he's, he's usually the person who like, you know, tells me when I'm being an idiot and he, and he didn't, he played the piano. He is Nate. complicit. He is complicit on, in what happened there. So, uh, anyway, so that was a, uh, that was the experience I was having. So now I think it's time to, uh, zoom back out and take a little bit of a journey through the history of the world. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, folks. This was April 21st, the year 2003. We were still listening to In the Club. And uh, this is... Uh, oh, I can't hear this version. You can't hear it? I can't hear it. I don't care if I can't hear it. What's important to me is our, is our loyal listeners can hear it. Oh, the people hear it. Hear uh, it. Keith, this if is the, the Indie Club it, that's all that medieval bardcore version uh, by Beetle the Bardcore. Love it. I'm sure Oh, hold it's on. Amazing. I got you, buddy. No, you don't. Now I hear myself. Oh. Ooh. It's me in stereo. That's, Can't you that's that? not that good. To me. It's not good for the world. All right. Well, anyway, keep going. the uh, cover of the Burlington Free Press, because as we were barreling through the war, was Marines move out of Baghdad. Because uh, we had, in the subsequent week, we had taken Baghdad, and now we were moving forward. Uh, yeah. 
that was all still happening, the top movie was Anger Management, which uh, was in its second week of domination. Took in $25 million. Oh, now I'm hearing in the club. It's finally coming. All right. So, uh, of course, that was an Adam Sandler, Jack Nicholson movie. Uh, yeah, that was just a movie that happened. All <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I think I saw that. It was like a mobster, right? It wasn't good. It wasn't good. All right. Well, you know what was good? Everyone's favorite segment. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. Sports. The NHL playoffs were in full swing, and the New Jersey Devils eliminated the Boston Hockey Bruins four games to one. Boo! The Flyers, meanwhile, had a terrific series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, with the series going to game seven, where the Flyers won six to one, sending them to a second round matchup against the Ottawa Senators. Wow. Hey, man. Very, very exciting. All right. Uh, you know what it is? You know what it's time for? I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay. Once again, season seven, episode 20, Heroes and Villains. This was written by David E. Kelly, but... Uh, I have some exciting news about who directed it. Mike, have you looked at the sheet yet to find... Is, has it been spoiled for you? No. Let me guess. Okay. okay. A cast member. <clears throat> yes! It is Lisa Gay Hamilton directed this episode. Thank God. And interestingly, this and the documentary that she directed about Bea Richards are the only two directing credits she has. Huh. Both happened within the same year. And of course, Bea Richards, you will remember, a oopsie winner uh, and Emmy winner for the practice the previous season. So uh, very, very interesting and uh, exciting to have Lisa Gay Hamilton to helm this episode that we are about to view with our eyeballs and if you would like to view it with your earballs it is now time to switch over to your podcasting service of choice and we will hey, see I you back to, here i on... don't get to tell you what i think is going to happen oh crap i forgot about that uh Jesus. all right what uh you know what does yeah yeah this thing i forgot well, our format it's only yeah, okay. episode 154 and i forgot our format what's your problem is this well, what happens to women when you insert your we're in good hands lisa gay right what? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Mm. The, the previously on is interesting because we, we see a recap of Eugene and Jamie discussing her, uh, her coming to terms with her recent rape. We also see the Bobby and Lindsay crap. And then we see the... The Lindsay, I forget the guy's name, but like the delivery guy, the delivery guy serial killer. Ah, uh, yes. The costumed delivery guy serial killer. So those are three. <laughs> oh, that's right. The costume change specialist. <laughs> those are three Stanley crazy, Deeks. crazy plot points to try to squeeze into an episode. Uh, but I, under Lisa's deft hand, I think we can pull it off. I think. <clears throat> Jamie's going to get her chance to testify against her accuser, or, or no, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, against her rapist. But 
But, but there's conflict because mm. he is represented by the law firm of. Well, hold on. It would be crazy if Lindsay is tapped to defend him. No, she doesn't do that though anymore, does she? She sometimes she does. She doesn't do criminal. She does civil, but we don't know that it's. But in in your hypothetical case, it could be civil. Because I'm just saying that like it would be crazy if let's say Lindsay is defending him, so that's creating conflict with her and Jamie and like the offices, and then mm -hmm. they get him off, but somehow. Lindsay then convinces serial killer murderer to kill him so he gets his oh, just desserts anyway. She sends him out on another hit. Yeah, baby. So it's like we close hit. the circle. We get the win and we get the win, if you know what Ooh, I'm saying. Oh, okay. All right. Well, all right. I'd watch that episode. We're about uh, to, buddy. We're about yes. to. Yes. So uh, about all the stuff that I just said about the podcasting and blah, 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 we'll be back for the oopsies. Season 7, episode 20, Heroes and Villains. What have you heard? Only that, that they split. You hear anything more? No, he's not talking. What a Ooh, switch. office gossip. Listen to you gossip mongers. You just Ooh. can't get enough, can you? Lisa's like, I put myself gossip, in my goddamn Rebecca. episode. Yes, it is. You huddle like a pack of rats, whispering like it's something delicious. You know, why don't we just throw a big party? Lindsay and Bobby are split, wheeling the floats. Isn't it rich? Can I help you? Send in those clowns. I'm looking for Jamie Stringer. That's me. I am here under the heading of, it's an extremely small world. I guess that's abstract enough. You created some buzz in my office a couple of weeks ago when you established rape victims as a class in employment discrimination. It was a motion to dismiss. I hardly established. Even so, you potentially took the law to a new place. You were to be saluted. Something tells me you're not here to salute. No. I'm a district attorney. I'm prosecuting a man named Randall Pine for date dun, dun. rape. Dun, dun, dun. Does that name ring a bell? Damn right it does. The buzz you created stirred a memory with one of my assistants. Our investigation previously unearthed your name in connection with Mr. Pine. It never really went anywhere, just rumors that you had a history with this man. Is that true? I may have. Mike Stradamus strikes again, His Keith. trial starts tomorrow. I, I mean, that was simply put. That's pretty, that was a pretty easy one. If though. this man raped you, I need you. The victim in my case was drugged. Her memory- You can't introduce prior- In this case, I can, to show pattern. I already beat a motion in limine on another witness. Another woman he date raped. A witness who just fell out. I need you, Miss Stringer. Before we hit the obvious. First of all, my memory would be somewhere. just as shaky as I can deal with. Because, you know, you know, we're, we're just about to hit the. Doo -doo 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 -doo. So let's introduce Susan Floyd as ADA Nancy Atkins, who you know from Domestic Disturbance, Random Hearts, The Invasion, and Runaway. That. And second. I'm listening. Look, I just don't want to do it, okay? And second. See this suit, Miss Atkins? $1,800. Way more than I can afford. I bought it anyway because my image is very important to me. 
What becomes of that image if I take the stand to declare I was date raped? To have the defense attorney pick through my past like I... I'm not a nun. Trust me. That's a beautiful suit. But I'm not going to get him without your help. Now, I haven't even gotten to the it's a really small world part. The rapist, his defense attorney is Eugene Young. Mike Stradamus, very close. I don't know if I can take the points for that, but. I mean. Well, Eugene, there's precedent for them, for them, um, representing rapists before, or accused rapists before. Many times, yeah. So, and and she didn't tell Eugene who it was. I mean, it's a... That's right. I mean, it's it's conceivable. It does strain credulity, but it's TV, baby. Yes, it is. It is TV. But, uh, you know, once again, we're going to have... Uh, we're, we're setting up blaming the victims and shaming the victims of uh, sexual assault. Though this is one of those, I think... What does strength credulity even more Jamie. for me, though, is like just theoretically, before we even see what happens plot wise, the moment during discovery when Eugene saw Jamie's name on the potential witness list, he would recuse himself because of conflict of interest. Done. Of course. Immediately. Of course. But Immediately. You know that I see I, it through. I don't. Well, of course they are. But like you, at this point, she's not on the list yet because. That she hasn't agreed to come in yet. So once they call her, she'll be on the list. So it is reasonable for Eugene not to know about this yet. And also, but, it's more reasonable for the rapist. Uh, uh, well, we believe Jamie, so we're going to call him the rapist. To immediately say, I don't want him as a lawyer anymore. It's his buddy and his colleague. Well, yes. H had Had I raped somebody and saw them wandering around in the firm I was using to defend myself, I'd be like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, it's on second thought, my cousin, uh, his name is Vinny. He's also an attorney. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna go yeah, that let way. me go to Vinny. You can't yeah. do this. I already agreed. You'll get the amendment. I am the man's attorney. And I am a witness. You should probably recuse yourself. On the day of trial, you gotta be kidding. Probably. Eugene. Don't start with your stuff now, okay? My stuff? Your testimony wouldn't even be admissible. What stuff do I have? All right. Goes to pattern. It is so prejudicial. Leave her alone, hey. Eugene. You think I want to do this? Then why do it if you don't because want to do it? Because your client is a rapist. Our client, Jamie, you're a member of this. Hey, kids, I'm going to reboot my Motu and hopefully not break the show. Uh, Keith, talk amongst yourself. Yeah. Okay. I was I was wondering what was going on with the clipping there. And now, last week you might have heard some weird noises on my microphone. That's because uh, my Motu got a little uh, facacta. But my uh, fear is hopefully. that when I when I turn it off and back on, it's going to screw everything up. But we're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's probably going to. But uh, you should probably save what we've recorded thus far before you do it, because. Uh, Otherwise, that could be uh, a bummer. But, uh, you know, we're going to see. What I'm doing right now is I'm watching Mike fiddle with things. He can't hear me. I can't hear him. But I'm seeing his furrowed brow and moments of concern. He's not shouting at the uh, computer yet. So uh, we'll see. Okay. he He's now looking back. His eyes look a little sad. But I guess they always look a little sad. 
Uh, and now right, oh, the eyebrows up. are Can you up? hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. I will. I will have to cut all that. Anyway. Oh no, your audio keeps going. So it, that's you're right. On your no, side. we got my entire like stream of consciousness. All right. Look at that. Let's, uh, let's see if it did. If it helped. Was I was I fuzzy too? Uh, you weren't fuzzy. Just the uh, show audio was. It wasn't terrible. And I was one, one of his client. victims. He is not oh, her client. Anything. And if you want to recuse yourself, do it. But she already said yes. There and we what go. you're doing now comes close to intimidating a witness. Yes, it does. Thank you, Lucy. If there's anything I can do or help with your son, I appreciate that. So you're living Awkward with your parents conversations for now? With your Until I find my own place, yes. So you're I almost just place? asked you, Mike, yes, what's the most awkward there. conversation it, you've serious. had with a co-worker? But that's not something my... we can talk Hi, about. Hi, Lindsay. Hello, Claire. And it's Stanley Deeks. What are you doing here? It's not bad news. I, I promise. It's a good story fact, about my most awkward conversation. It's wonderful news. <laughs> I think I've turned my life around. Oh, that's good, bud. Really? Yeah, nice. How? This is John Bader back, obviously. I only kill this bad people you. now. What is it? A check. For services rendered, I got a job. I'm leading a normal life, Lindsay. I'm a mortician. I owe it all to you. <laughs> job. I definitely don't analyst. have sex with the bodies. What no, definitely not. do you do? I'm a substitute high school teacher, and I love it. I You're teaching you high school? It'll take me a year to get certified, but I can teach in the meantime. Keith, you know what hasn't changed in 20 years? Mm, what's that? They'll fucking take anybody to be a substitute teacher. I, I know, I've been Legitimately. one. Legitimately. Don't they do bathroom checks? I don't even need a degree anymore. Stanley? No, I was one the year I, I after I graduated. High I'm school, happy. not college, high school. And I have both of you to thank. So, Mr. Varney, uh, no, 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 go ahead. Go, you can keep that CV. We're not going to need that. Big question here is... Yeah. Um, do you know how to operate a 1987 VHS recorder? I most certainly do. Uh, in fact, more than being able to operate a VA VHS, uh, I, I can also teach kickball uh, as opposed to band. Are you, I, are you uh, familiar with the catalog of Simpsons reruns? Uh, I I am. I am. Uh, That's all we're going to need from you, sir. We're just going to need great. you to go ahead and roll those sweet, sweet Simpsons reruns. Okay, great. I can do this. And, uh, Even you know, so, in 1999, wonderful. the Simpsons were on, so. How's your friend, by the way? Is she better now? What friend? The one in the newspaper. Remember you showed me her picture? She was being terrorized by that awful man, Mr. Bakey. And you... Put out a Is hit. she feeling better? Why? I'm just curious. You seem so concerned. I was hoping things got better. Yeah, she's pretty good, actually, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, she's doing fine. What do you mean you're getting out? I have to. She's a witness and member of my firm. Maybe, maybe that's why they're calling her, to conflict you out. I thought of that. The problem is, I can't prove it, It's so... the day of trial! I'm sorry. I don't know what else to tell you. Guy playing a rapist! 
Allegedly. Yes, yes. The actor performing the role of the rapist. I I, 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 I realize how many times I'm like, the rapist is so-and-so. No, it's the actor is Jesse Birch, who you know from Flight Plan. A good day to die hard. And uh, currently does a ton of voiceover work. You would uh, see him on all the Avengers cartoons and such. You're trying this case. Your Honor. If you were hey, coming in here with hey, the client's consent, that would be one thing. But without it, Your Honor, this witness is a conflict. I get it. But it's not prohibitive. I'm telling you, it is. This is a rape case. I will have other Eugene, things. you get my sympathy, but that is all you are getting. That doesn't make any a lick of goddamn sense to me. Will you nope, be able to do your job? That's credulity completely. I mean, you're not going to hold back now, are you? Let's talk about Jamie Stringer. It was consensual. Was she drugged? We both took lewds and drank some wine, but we were both into it. I know that. You sure? I mean, this happened so four years Eugene ago. Eugene got a plan you're positive. Jamie? I remember Jamie Stringer very well. She was very aggressive, Eugene. One of the reasons I took the lewd, she intimidated me a little. I... Guys, a great script, uh, a, a kind of on the nose and kind of not particularly uh, believable, but I just have one note, it turns out. Sure, yeah, yeah. Stop saying the lewd. The lewd? Oh, oh, I mean, but but how do you or refer to uh, quaaludes in the sort of like a fun, quirky, casual way? We both took lewds? Yeah, yeah, you know, just like, yeah, hey, we're just like, you know, popping some lewds. What's the, you know, is... is <laughs> no is, one... Uh, has ever said that. Do, do, is, is that not how the kids talk when they're both the taking talk, the date rape drug together? Like, because that's what people do? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Look, I I thought you said prior rapes couldn't be admitted. Well, We've date been rapes snorting can, the marijuana. The good old-fashioned rape by force is suppressed. Get me that Unless pops. I testify, which you won't in this lifetime. Jamie Stringer was into it. Trust me trust you are you going to hold back i just can't wait for jamie on the stand to be like hey you you really loved those yes. foods yeah, thank you very much so unbelievable what eugene doesn't want to take the I case but he just the human convinced his client of the boston school district like he, he so what happened there eugene goes like i want to be recused kittleson's like no so now he goes back to his client. His client is like, are you going to fuck me on this? Otherwise, I'll get a new lawyer. Eugene should be like, yeah, you should probably get another lawyer. And that when the client does it and we, and we get around the whole Kittleson thing. But Eugene's like, no, man, I'm going to be great. Well, how about this? Uh, okay. She says it's not prohibitive. But how about Eugene saying, I believe my friend vis-a-vis... I believe this guy is the rapist. How can I defend him fervorously if I believe he did it? Well, but he does that every day. I mean, that's his job. But not only Keith, you're certainly not do investigations. Everybody heard it here. <laughs> Keith doesn't believe Jamie. Keith whoa, doesn't whoa, believe whoa. Jamie. Keith sides with Eugene, who sides with the rapist. Whoa, of new whoa. Teachers, and Mike is just a very this. good serial killer. <laughs> An arrest for murder wouldn't preclude employment. Only convictions disqualify applicants. Lindsay. Which is how that it man be, is teaching high school girls. He befriends high school girls. Be. Do they know he was arrested for murder? I doubt it. I, mean, I, I didn't give anything away. 
I think it's time to give some things away. We can't. The arrest is public record. It isn't privileged or confidential. Find out where he teaches. This feels like a very odd I remember turn. drinking the wine. Right. Because... In a bar. I, I, I certainly understand wanting to get this guy out of the high school. I mean, duh, obviously. But both of them, the last we had heard from both of them is that they both went to jail so as not to give this guy up. And now they're like, oh, wait, never mind. The absolute opposite of that immediately. Now, holding the body of a dead girl? Mm, I'll think about it. Teaching live kids? That's where I draw the line. Right, as if they couldn't like conceive like oh he's there like watching a dead girl in his rocking chair like he's not gonna do that again but if i'm not mistaken you know if that was the hair we were gonna split right well that girl was dead and these kids are alive if that's the hair we're gonna split if i'm not mistaken though at the beginning of that episode it what we weren't sure she was dead right mm -hmm. she was potentially alive and they still right. wouldn't tell the police that's right so i i, I don't know where this hair splitting goes uh, but actually, while we're stopped here at the transition into the scene, who's dead? witness, we're about to find out who it is. Lady whose hair is not that color. It is Sarah Rafferty, who you would know from Chicago Med and 134 episodes of Suits. Oh, those residuals. Mm. Then feeling groggy. The next thing, I'm in his apartment and he's on top of me, inside of me. And when I woke up a few hours later, I knew. Okay. After you woke up, what did you do then? I left his apartment and I went to a hospital to get checked out. They did the rape kit. Do you know what conclusions they reached? That I'd been raped. They also did a blood test and... What did the blood test reveal? They found traces of GHB. GHB? Lutes. Gamma hydroxybutyric acid. The date rape drug. Actually, the medical conclusion was only that you'd had sexual intercourse. There was bruising and I was- The doctor's conclusion was that you had intercourse. Based on your claim that it was non-consensual, the assumption was then made that you'd been raped. Isn't that correct? Yes. And according to your own statement, you don't even remember when the intercourse began. Isn't that correct? Yes. Is In fact, you don't remember a large chunk of that night, do you? Because he drugged me. You have a memory of him drugging you? I have a memory of drinking the wine. Well, initially, In the toxicology you told the police report you didn't remember what you had to drink drugged. or how Take this cup away from me for I don't want to taste its lewds. Much. Sorry, that I was, was a long way around the block it? for a stupid I joke. eventually remembered drinking also, the wine, you, which you he eventually You're supposed to be not singing. It was a first date. I would have never had sex with him. You don't remember yeah. what you had to drink or how much. True or false, Miss Willis? I do think you were... I know I drank wine. In the right key. I'm going to check, though. I don't know how much. Thank you were a half step up. Well done. Nothing further. The Commonwealth calls Jamie Stringer. Your What's Honor, e? Miss Stringer was just added to the list this morning. The, the, We'd like to take some time to prepare. A flat. How much time? We'd like to take the day. 
We'll break until tomorrow morning and reconvene with Miss Stringer. Adjourned? So, God, can't believe we keep doing this to Eugene. No costume change? Is there a security officer at, at this building? Could they not just be like, hey, could this guy not come in anymore? I, I mean, apparently not. It's, apparently it's just like a uh, walk-in central. Like, yeah, how many, without a costume, it's like, why is he even on the show? I mean, at this point, I, I, this is a question for Jorge. How many proven serial killers have walked in those doors? Just like, just walked straight in. Because like, we know... We know this guy. We know Hinks. We know uh, we know Vogelman. We know uh, there's there's probably at least five known serial killers of just like hello, just coming in like Norm. I can't wait to like. I wish we had been taking an actual log on a spreadsheet of the just like the things that would have killed any no ordinary show, like the same show where like our client dressed as Superman leapt out the window at the end of an episode. Versus yeah. is the same show which mere weeks ago, this man here somehow brought a cardboard box duct taped together with a human That's cadaver right. inside of it and That's just right. walked it into a building and left it leaning against a wall. That happened. And that's not the only corpse that has been <laughs> deposited in our office. We've had human heads deposited. We've had bombs. I mean, whoever works down in the mailroom really needs a talking to. Uh, seriously, yeah. I mean, I, I have questions for the UPS guy. I got a lot of questions. Yeah. information. It wasn't privileged, Stanley. I told them that you'd been arrested and what the arrests were for. That was all public record. Why? Because you're Why did you do this to me? Because you kill young women, and I wasn't about to sit quietly while you teach high school. You hurt me. Oh, no. I had a good job. Now it's gone. You hurt me, Lindsay. Stanley, we're... F also, speaking of credulity, if, mm -hmm. despite your previous stance, you've decided now to turn in this uh, serial, serial killer who has a, who clearly has an obsession with you, don't you think you just walk down like three offices at the police station and file a restraining order? Uh, I, I would probably start with that, yeah. That would be my first, that'd be my first step, yeah. Friends. Or, or, or maybe locking my door or uh, telling you. the security guy or 10,000. Make me believe in goodness again. There's a lot of things I do after antagonizing a serial killer. For the 700th oh, time. And now. I forgot the one she killed. <laughs> Until you get mental help, you have no business teaching in a school. very badly. I don't like his current frame of mind. You think? Best line of the show. No, I, I really appreciate the call. I do. Thank you. What's wrong? 
a PI contacting my friends, people I went to school with? You're investigating me? Jamie, you're a witness for the prosecution. I don't know what your plan is, but there are rape shield laws. If you think you're going to tear me up... Rape shield laws protect victims, not witnesses. For the purpose of this trial, you're a witness and fair game. Ugh. I'm begging you not to take that stand. Eugene, I say you that have as, as much attorney, agency. But I also say it because I care about you and I don't want to go after you. But You know, and I just think, Keith, I'm sorry. Forget the credulity. You know, the last episode of this arc that we praised, Jamie's, uh, the arc they wrote for her and, and what it said, and using Eugene to, like, try to be a friend in that moment. And then to now use that same character to fuck her is, I just think really, it's really a low blow. Well, it is. I mean, we, we, we haven't seen how it plays out yet. And, and we are, uh, I, I don't dislike calling attention to the fact that this happens. And especially in in that era, and calling attention to the fact that rape shield laws don't apply to witnesses and should. So it's not necessary. Like so, from a storytelling perspective, I don't mind telling the story. It, it's it's a rough thing to do to Eugene's character, but I do like telling that story. Although I feel like we have tread this ground before. I have an ethical duty to do everything I can. Please, Jamie. Not much. She's gonna Don't do get it. in that chair. But this is inappropriate. That, that that's not a request you should be allowed to make. Because he's now in her capacity, his capacity is, as a lawyer, no. and her capacity as Come a witness. Ahead. That's witness intimidation. How are you? Or coercion oh, at the very least. Oh, I'm fine. No, you're not. How could you be? How's Bobby Jr.? It's, um, it's gonna take some time. We'll be okay. You need to hold on to that thought. Anyway, uh, I just came by to say hi, and, um... Hey, that, that bakey guy, has he stopped bothering you? Yes, thank God. Have you seen him or heard from him or? No. Why? I was just wondering. Will you do me a favor? Because I put out a hit on him and I want to make sure it worked. He's still alive. I beg your pardon? I know this is going to sound crazy. I have a client with a violent past and I, I mentioned to him that Becky was harassing you. Yesterday, this client suggested something like, uh, I don't know, a the problem was taken care of. You think your client did something to Russell Bakey? Is that all right? No kidding. I'll never get used to that smell. Yeah, Detective, duh. up here. And there he is, he's dead in the tub. 
Lindsay Dalton is quite the client roster. What's up, Ray Abruzzo? And what nice. a tough, uh, Ooh. it's a tough gig for that actor because you're like, hey, I've He's been dead. on the show and had like a two episode bathtub. arc. And then you have to be I an extra underwater playing dead. How in did you know? The way With your eyes open. It, I just Yikes. had a feeling. He did it for you. Because Helen was your friend. Also, thanks so, you, Claire. That makes me feel so <laughs> I have a question about the timeline here. Because they just discovered the body. Uh, looks like freshly killed. Freshly killed within 24 hours or whatever. So, but she put the hit out uh, like weeks ago. At mm -hmm. least, uh, you know, certainly weeks ago in our experience, but it would it would seem like weeks, if not months, since it's happened. So did he? So w the last we saw of him, he came to the door in his fourteenth costume change, and he didn't kill him then. So what did he do? He just like visit him and then decide to finally kill him after Lindsay has done something. I'm so confused. Well, he might have started stalking him pot potentially. He killed him then. No, he's not decomposed, so you're right. I was going to say, yeah. like, maybe he kept the dead body in, in like a building like he did before. This is a weird discussion. Better. I'm just saying. <laughs> not the first or the I last. I think he is totally in love with you. You should go. You're like his angel. You've got a shot, man. You're, you're single now, or uh, at least you're separated. Like, I need a name. Swing. Forget it. Lindsay, you've already led us to evidence implicating him. I won't give you his name. For you to come to me offering anything, you must feel this man is very dangerous. If this None man this killed Bakey because you mentioned me being threatened by him, Lindsay, it's not much of a motive, which tells me this man is probably crazy, which again, I suspect is the reason you came to me. If you want me to do something, give me his name. If you wanna be somebody, wanna go somewhere, better wake up. Stanley Dukes. Lindsay. Attention. He killed the Burns girl. Lindsay! Fuck. So now Here's the she's like. Yourself. This you don't want me to have. So the final straw was you, not Helen. killing don't innocent did, teenage Helen. girls. It was killing another serial killer. Are you sure? That was the final straw. Like, that's my job, damn this it. This will bite you. I gave you the file. She's taking her power back, Keith. Reclaiming my time and ending my career, probably. <clears throat> A little bit. Great. Your career just ended. I know. Now I want to be a substitute. I want that job. That's What's right. What's this? Another little intimidation ploy? Shall I wave my leaflet? Sit, please. Stephen O'Connell, Sawyer Hines, Kevin Schultz. Three men whom you had sex with on a first date. Todd Markham, a former boyfriend with whom you willingly and knowingly took the drug GHB. Oh, come on. It was one recreational... You're a person with a history of taking the drug Wait, willingly. Wait, is that a thing? I didn't take it willingly here. 
And if you're planned, like on my do people count, take that drug recreationally? You've been busy. Is that even a thing? That's a low blow. I mean, it's gross. This is Michael disgusting Paris. what he's doing. You might not remember him. You knew him for less than half an hour. You were standing in line at the amusement park waiting for the Ferris wheel. You had sex with him on that Ferris wheel. I had just taken the bar exam. A bunch of us went to an amusement park tired and a little drunk. You had sex with a man you just met on a Ferris wheel. Jamie. Rape shield laws do not apply to witnesses. I have a duty That's, to tear you up. It's here, folks. So I'll ask you again. Do not get in that chair. So it sounds like Eugene is fully prepared to just plan B the shit out of Jamie here. Keith has dropped off the call. I just wanted to let you guys know where he's gone. But uh, looks like he's coming. Why can't he sleep over? Because, Bobby, you're taking him to dinner. That was the deal. You he's my son. The plan. Don't. Okay. You can't just change the plan on him like that. Lindsay, you changed the plan when you walked out. You changed the plan on him. That is not fair. We'll talk about this later. Lindsay. I need to get to court. Well, this guy, I mean, I thought like, they were like pretty much. Well, I won't force you. At least being. Do you still even want to call me? Last week, but I guess that's How much credibility ended. will I have? It's a problem. I admit. But Jamie, I've got nothing to lose, except this case, if I don't call you. But even if I do testify, you'll probably still lose. And I will be destroyed in the process. Like I said, I won't force you, but Jamie, I still need you. Okay. Are you sure? Of course not. Let's go. Taken into custody an hour ago, Mr. Deeks is scheduled to be arraigned any second. You'll recall Ms. Burns was first reported missing seven weeks ago before turning up wrapped in a package. Ms. Dole, Ms. Dole, can I talk to you? No comment, thank you. All, All right, the evidence well, is a result we're go of ahead a breach of attorney-client privilege. It's uh, inadmissible. Lindsay Dole is a private citizen. Yeah. What? She was his attorney. Yes, and if your client would like to sue her, fine. But she wasn't acting for the government. You cannot suppress our evidence. Did all of this information come from Ms. Dole? She revealed her One client's involvement with Cindy Burns' death. Yep, Richard McGowan. What about Bakey? She only said we should check to make sure he's alive. And we haven't formally charged Mr. Deeks on Bakey. Your Honor, technically, Ms. Dole's conduct might not be state action. But we have an enormous public policy concerning the sanctity of attorney-client privilege. Your Honor, he's a nutcase. He's killed before. He was acting <laughs> erratically. Ms. Dole became convinced he would kill again, and if he had... You can't break privilege because of a generalized danger. If it's not specific... Even if you're right, that goes to your remedy against Lindsay Dole, not the Commonwealth. All right. Ms. Gamble is correct, Mr. Wallace. This isn't state action. But, Ms. Gamble, public policy is in play here. I'm going to take a few minutes to think about this. We will reconvene at 3 o'clock. Until then. Some great uh, sound work here, some great panning. 
And of course, now he's looking back at our old puppy dog, Sad Betrayed. It had been a fun date. Uh, we were watching television at his place after, and he brought me a glass of wine. Did you drink it? Yes. And then what happened? We kissed a little. Then I began to feel groggy. And I said, I need to lie down a little, which I did on his couch. The next thing I remember, he was on top of me. On top of you? Having intercourse. Do you have any memory of consenting to this intercourse? No. Yikes. And I never would have. I hardly knew him, and I wasn't that interested. In fact, I remember during the date wishing I were more physically attracted to him because he was funny. So you never gave him any indication that you wanted to have sex? Absolutely not. Thank you. Did you report this to the police? Van? No, because I didn't think I could prove it. And I was afraid of the stigma. Didn't you tell me that you don't remember exactly what you said yes to? I never said yes to sex. Did you take Quaaludes the night you had sex with my client? No, and I did not have sex. He raped me. What's Eugene going to do here? Be a mensch, Eugene. Come on. Nothing further. Hey! Good. Thank you. Which is all it should be, legally. That's actually, that's pretty huge for Eugene. I know it seems like it, the right thing to do, but that's a big, big move for him. It is a okay. big thing for him, yes. I understand no civil rights have been violated here by the state, which would mandate either a dismissal or a suppression of the evidence. But the public policy grounds are so, so paramount here. The idea of an attorney incriminating her own client. He's not a client Ms. Dole, now, though. I can understand your concern. The man does present a danger, but the danger is general. It has to be specific for you to be allowed to break privilege. Which I am there they gave for you the out suppressing all of the evidence provided you by you take. to the district attorney's office, as well as the fruits of that evidence, which in this case amount to everything. I hate to do this, but as I said, the principle of privilege is paramount and must remain so. So what Lindsay just did here was get him off for that murder and all of the previous murders at this point. Yes, but she, she now. This is now public record, right? So, the if, if well, it I'm already a, was, yeah, it already I'm was. Trying, I'm just trying to like work out. She, Lindsay's not that dumb, right? So I'm feeling like she's got to have a plan or something. And Helen even tried to tell her, like I don't know. Yeah, Mister Deeks, you need serious help. You're sick. You're perverted, but for and now you're frankly, free. You stink. The case is dismissed and we are adjourned. 
you think I'm feeling happy now, Lindsay, you're very wrong. You're the only friend I have, and you have betrayed me. Stanley, get yourself checked into a hospital. I was just beginning to believe in goodness again. I had a job. I even had hope, and you undid it all. You undid it all. I am not at all happy! Yikes. Next time I'm mad, Bobby, I'm gonna say it that here? way. Oh, Terry Polo's back. I don't know, to be honest. Be honest, you do. Maybe I need... I don't know. Company. I guess I showed up here to find it. Is that so outrageous? Seeing this particular company is what caused your wife to leave you, yes. Look. Do you even want her back? Of course I want my family back. Good answer. I asked specifically about her. Do you want Lindsay back? She left me, Sarah. She's the one who will probably file for divorce. On what grounds? Evasiveness? Hanging out again. You really don't like to answer questions, do you? She should start charging a fee. She should. And then she couldn't say what they did because of attorney-client privilege. you need privilege. to get yourself into a taxi. Unless he and became a substitute teacher. Therapist. Does he have an ER? I'm not here to discuss my feelings. Then why are you here? To talk about yours. I miss you. Oh shit, double down, baby. There, I said it. Bad husband, horrible human being, off with his cheating head. I miss you. Well, good, good for you, Davy Kelly. <laughs> Just go for it. Hail Mary, yeah. baby. Let's score He's in there. 24 points Who? in the last two minutes. Stanley, should I call the police? All offense. What does he want? He wants to talk to you. He's there again? Demeanor. It seems okay. It seems okay? Why is he in the building? Stanley, you can't keep coming here. If you oh, continue should, to come here, him. I'll have to file a complaint for stalking. I have no intention of continuing to come here. I only want to say what I came to say, and then I will never come here again. I believe you've said that three to four times before. Okay. Yeah. As you know, I've never denied being ill. I've never denied being evil. One of the reasons I came to you initially, I saw you as my guardian out of evil, and you, in fact, became that, Lindsay. I was beginning to turn my life around. Did she, though? As she I just said, cut you off for murder. I had rediscovered both hope and goodness, and I credit much of it to your influence. But by turning against me... Stanley, You I... made your position clear. I'd like to make mine. Okay. You walked away from me last night like I was some crazy, which I am on many levels. But my feelings for you... 
I came here today because I wanted you to know my friendship for you was sane and real and legitimate and good. It represented the part of me that wasn't ill or evil. It was good. I mean, like, okay. Same I mean, pattern. They're playing at our art First strings there, but day. does him saying that Are make they? it real? Does that, yeah, like, does, does him he's murdered that? multiple people. I mean, what was and why <laughs> they scored it, it like it was a big the, a big final scene that we're supposed to be like, oh man, he really like a one sided serial killer creepy friendship it does not a real friendship make. Now maybe if you removed it, this is no, but had the first entire plot of his not hinged on the fact that he said he was going to get help, so we could maybe believe that. That he cared about that, th or that she believed that. Okay, I'll right, maybe believe sure. that she believed that, but then at the end, when he clearly was like, "No, I'm good, peace," and then killed a couple more people, she has no reason to believe it now. So we have no reason to believe it now. I look shame, shame, fool me once, sh shame on you. Fool me twice. Fool me once, shame fool on me, me. Fool me twenty it's, times. You know who the, who the dummy here is? Lindsay's the dummy. Once Lindsay's again, very much the dummy. Lindsay's stupid. She's emotionally stupid. She's she's also emotionally, I guess, a bad guy because Bobby deserves his happiness and all, like we've just. If it, I will say this again, because there's no way in one season they're gonna retcon it. I'll say this again. The biggest, I think, the biggest chink against this show in its armor is its handling from start to finish of Lindsay Dole. Yeah. Such a badass, and then just 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 trashed on so many ways. I just yep yep. And this is just further down that road. Yeah, yeah. Glass of wine. Woman becomes groggy. Next thing, she's semi-conscious, and he is on top of her. It happened with Judy Wilson, just like it happened before her with Jamie Stringer. You want physical evidence? Physical bruising around the victim's genitalia. Traces of GHB, the date rape drug, found in Judy's blood. This drug is a sexual predator's prize weapon. It's the prosecutor's nightmare because proof is so difficult. But think, just think of think the nightmare what you're it is to for do the victims. To me. A growing number of victims. In the past year, there has been a 50% increase in GHB-related rapes. All we can do to stop it is raise awareness and hope to God that the victims have the courage to come forward. Judy Wilson had that courage. Jamie Stringer eventually found that courage. You think it was easy for those women to sit in that chair? No. But they did it. Nah, because it had to be told, Randall Pine is a rapist. 
Judy Wilson couldn't remember taking GHB. Some people because do take it recreationally. It, it can memory. be an aphrodisiac. Maybe Judy Wilson didn't. Maybe somebody slipped it to her. Maybe she consented to sex. Maybe she didn't. Maybe Jamie Stringer consented to sex. Maybe she didn't. We don't know because they don't have clear memories. Now, I agree with the district attorney. GHB is out there. It's a problem. We got to deal with that. But this is a criminal case. They're seeking to take away a man's freedom. To do that, you must prove this case beyond all reasonable doubt. Now, if the victim isn't sure, how can you be? Her own words on the stand, I can't be sure. <coughs> how can you be? What do you have to say, Kittleson? Was that your best work, Eugene? My client didn't complain. Yeah, Problem is, the district attorney did. Excuse me? She's an officer of the court. If she has knowledge of a defense attorney tanking a case... I didn't tank it. You could have discredited Jamie Stringer. You pulled back. That, to me... I was afraid of alienating myself and my client from the jury, so I made a strategic decision not to attack Miss Stringer. See, I might believe that if I hadn't seen you in action before. I have witnessed you going after rape victims. Here, the rape shield didn't even apply. I made a strategic decision not to attack the witness. I certainly have discretion to make strategic decisions. Don't I, Your Honor? Only you know what was in your mind, counsel. There you go. I'm disappointed, Eugene. That's all. We didn't know who else to call. What's the cause of death? Gunshot to the chest, self-inflicted. Okay, so we're in front of the so uh, Lindsay and Ray Abruzzo are going into a mortuary or a. Uh, you sure you're okay to do this? Medical examiner's office. Yes. And surprise, surprise. It's him. You sure? It's him. It's our serial killer who killed okay. himself. We can go. What happens to him? Sorry? He has no family. What will they do with him? Public welfare will just bury him somewhere. I want him to get a funeral. Lindsay, the guy is indigent. He doesn't have he any. He had me. Excuse me? He had me. Oh, now I she's going to be a buddy. Funeral. Members I mean, of the jury, have I'll, you reached I'll save the it verdict? For the we have, Your Honor. What say you? In the matter of the Commonwealth versus Randall Pine, on the charge of rape, we find the defendant, Randall Pine, guilty. 
Good. We appeal. So noted. Members of the jury, this concludes your service. You are dismissed with the facts of the court. We're adjourned. I know you didn't have to do this. Actually, I did. Well, thank you again. Thank you. I held back because I thought it would help my client. Not you. It's weird. I guess he has to hold I on to that I just want to line. say. Please. Don't thank me. Now, if you'll excuse me. Now we're seeing Bobby in bed with Terry Polo, of course. If we are to believe that there is a good and powerful God, it follows that we must also believe that there is a life after this one. But what of the departed in this world? Are they gone from this world? Do they exist on earth? I would say Stanley to you, funeral. they do. Stanley Deeks will continue to live among it's us just Lindsay. through the, the memories of his loved ones. It's, it's he will be kept for. alive so this is solely just by those who knew him, to come and talk to her. those who That's right. cherished his gentle spirit, those who saw his life as we see all lives as sacred, as children of God. To look on Stanley Deeks, we also hear that audio Earth, blipping. Everybody, to Sorry about consider it. his victims, we must know there to be an afterlife. Otherwise, life on Earth is all there is, and it can't be that. It simply can't be that. Okay, folks, that is Heroes and Villains. Now it is time to give some heroes and maybe some villains some fake awards on the Oopsie Show. We'll see you back on the YouTubes. And we are back, baby. We are indeed. Okay, well, uh, there we are in that episode. Mike, why don't you tell us what happened? Hmm... Two, three, four. Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment. Segment. 
So Deeks is back. He's mad at Lindsay because she tells everybody that for that she leaked the information, but like put her stamp on it, though she didn't have to do it, but she did it. And then he killed himself, and then she feels bad. So she they play sad music, and she has a funeral. Bobby decides last week that he wants to. He really only loves Lindsay. He wants to work it out with her, but she's like, "I'm taking the kids," so he fucks that other chick anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lindsay almost rape shames uh, Stringer, but he doesn't, and then the rapist gets convicted. Uh, Eugene almost does, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It might as well yeah. have been Bobby, but yes, Eugene. Might as well, might as well. All right, uh, can you... That was riveting. Is there any <laughs> chance you can do it again, but, you know, in fewer syllables? In a segment we call... Jane, I'm doing this on the fly because I forgot. Jamie is plan A. Huh? Good. Bobby went and still fucked her. (laughs) Yep. Lindsay is wrote bad. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay is wrote bad, folks. There it is. It's now official. Uh, okay. Uh yeah. Well, uh before we get wrote bad, why don't we uh, go into our fake award show? Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions proudly present Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're everybody's fake award show all about the practice, which begin with... (laughs) At least I was having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well... Uh, you know, Eugene did the right thing. He did, but for the wrong person. Well, depend. I mean, from a legal standpoint. Um, but he did. He did find a way to. You know, as a okay, hold on. As a lawyer, he he didn't get the desired outcome for his client. However, he did get his arguably his desired a- outcome. Mm-hmm. Which is his guy behind bars and his friendship saved and and retribution for his friend by using his lawyer ring by omission. But that's a mm-hmm. that's quite a stretch. Well, it's a I'll, stretch. But here I'm gonna I'm gonna back this up. Okay. Right. I'm gonna say he did the right thing legally in the big picture, in the long run, mm-hmm. because uh, certainly. Uh, slut-shaming victims of rape is an injustice. Mm-hmm. And our legal system, as a 
picture, as, as uh, in the big picture, is designed to create justice, to stand up for victims. And so in this case, the way the legal system was administered then, and probably still today, is an injustice and therefore not working towards its own purpose. So he was actually doing the right legal thing in the bigger picture, in the, in, in the eyes of time, in the eyes of history. The annals. So, in the annals of history. So for my, my vote, it's going to be Eugene. All right. Great. Uh, all right. Well, congratulations, Eugene, on your MBL. Where's my button? Here it is. There it is. All right. Moving on. Get ready to dance. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. The first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. I mean, can Ms. we just keep giving it to this guy? I mean, to uh, to John Bader. I, I don't love the character. I, I he's doing great, but like, I just don't look. I mean, it's not it's not uh, best guest character. It's best guest actor. It's a tough character. I mean, they really they really asked him to like, despite the sheer monster we've made you. Can you really seem sick and sad this episode? Mm -hmm. Can we? Can you make? audiences buy it and here's the here's the thing keith i don't buy it clearly we don't buy it but i can't fault him for that it would have taken an uh, an actor of a caliber uh, that is not maybe even alive to to have sold that sold that snake oil uh so but uh, i don't really you know i thought that the the guest uh, attorney for the rape case was 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 a good actress, serviceable. Mm -hmm. Susan Floyd. But listen, also we've all been there where we're handed. I had to dress up like a pizza one time, Keith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to dress up like a slice of pizza and do a tango called the refrigerator tango. That's a thing ah. I had to do. And yes, it was satire and pistache, so it gave me somewhere to go. But at the end of the day, I was dressed in a pizza costume, dancing. Yeah. There's only so much you can do, but you know what? I did my That's job. Right. You did, and the audience laughed, and yeah, and uh, that's what that's ostensibly what our boy Bader did. So I'm gonna say he deserves that slice of pepperoni. I I think so too. I mean, honestly, I I I don't think we're searching for a different actor. I think we're searching for different writing, and I thought he did a great job. I I mean, given what he was given, given the dancing pizza of it all. Mm -hmm. uh, and look, we've all had to do the dancing pizza job, and uh, he did really good. I actually really like the moment where he said, "I'm I'm very much not happy," which we saw an element of scary from him, mm -hmm. which we didn't really see a lot. And I appreciated having that touch of actual menace there, as opposed to I'm sort of like cute and dopey and kill off screen. So, uh, yeah, yeah sure. so good job. Mr. Bader, congratulations on your oopsie. All right, you know what it's time for. It's time to start leaking those tears. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. Via You're cellular. The best actor on the show. 
Those are your you got a nice hotspot going, Keith. Yeah, it's not too. It, it, well, I, I'm on my my own wireless. I'm usually jacked in hardwired with the second uh, with a second router, but something's something's gone wrong between router oh, so one and have, router two. So you so you're, the pipe is hot. You're just not getting you're not getting the feed downstairs. It's not talking to the to the my local router. I don't know. I'm gonna have to work on it when we're done. Double net situation, maybe. Anyway, um, I think I think you know I don't know her name. Who plays Jamie? Uh, how do you not know that, Michael? I just don't. I mean, come on. She's like, she's a Spielberg. Almost. Well, <laughs> she's a Spielberg. Almost. Well, her mother married Steven Spielberg. And, uh, and so she is the daughter. It is, of course, Jessica Capshaw. Yes, Jessica Capshaw. Not, not a stranger to the oopsies. No, she she was great this episode. That's a that's a tough needle to thread. She was playing the the past, but also this sort of betrayal by Eugene. And mm-hmm. you know, one scene that specifically stands out for me is when he brings her in and he's sort of cross examining her in the office about her partners. And she starts by answering and by justifying herself and ex- explaining herself. And then there's a moment where she realizes, or at least I see in the performance, a realization that I don't fucking need to, I don't need to explain this to you. And she yeah. stands up to go. And that defiance there is really important, I think. And I think it's sort of the kind of central crux of the of what I think we're trying to say, in that regardless of your history, regardless of your past and the decisions you've made, that can be used against you in a court of law. In this type of case, in that moment, your decision to say no, despite your past, despite what you could infer about the table setting of the scenario you're in, if you say no, that's the cut and that's rape. Well, no, yeah, no, for sure. Um, And you don't need to explain that to anybody. And I'm saying that, like, I, I felt all of that subtext and all of that, or just not subtext, the actual plot, um, well-delivered in that sort of defiance. But it wasn't over the top. You know, it's easy to go too far. It's easy to underplay it. You really felt yeah. all of the different nuance without having to have it written in the script. And and I think she was absolutely, uh, she absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought she did that a tremendous job. That moment in the court, job. too, where her and Eugene just looked at each other was pretty yeah. powerful, too. Yeah, and I, I thought she did a tremendous job. And I, and I um, But I, I think I'm going to give it to Steve. Um, yeah, okay. Because I, I think Eugene did an excellent job. Because so much of his thought process had to be nonverbal, right? He's denying what he's actually doing the whole time mm-hmm. to, to Stringer, to Kittleson, to his client, um, and so we had we have to be able to see all of the machinations of his decision making process subtextually and is in his performance, uh, which I thought he did a terrific job. So congratulations, Jessica Capshaw and Steve Harris on your oopsies. Last up, uh, he has uh, the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. But not playing in the Super Bowl this year. I'm gonna make it easy, Keith. Mm. Make it real easy. Mm. You know, Jamie didn't give us any crocodile tears this episode, but Tom Brady does. So the winner for this week's Tom mm. Brady Award for being Tom Brady is 
crier, crier, baby loser, Tom Brady. <laughs> baby loser, Tom Brady. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I have never seen Jillian more invested in sports than the last few seconds mm -hmm. of that game trying to get Tom Brady and to Keith, lose. if you end up doing actual graphics for these, and there's, uh, you know, like, don't kill yourself. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe... Aaron Rodgers weeping in the background of that picture would also just put be the, mm, it wouldn't, the cherry It wouldn't on top. be sad. Yeah, he seems yeah. to have, uh, you know, uh, inoculated himself against, yeah. uh, you know, continuing yeah. forward in the playoffs. Bummer. Silenced. Silenced from further play. Mm -hmm. I did my own research on the score, and apparently you lost. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is 10 points. How many spare tires this episode gets? <sighs> we've done a lot of stuff that is bizarre and doesn't make any sense. But here we are in stuff that like should make sense. The the everything we're saying in Jamie's case should make sense, but but just to get to where we got, it's just Eugene would never have taken that case. He just wouldn't have done it. I don't even believe that. Yeah. And and here's the thing, Kittleson, if nothing else, has shown that she's happy to be partial. You know what I mean? She's happy right. oh, to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And she's got her own conflicts of interest, and she knows us very well. There's no. She wouldn't force Eugene to like defend Jamie's rapist. Come on. But whatever. I thought that at least where that plot went, and what it had to say was uh, noble. You know. And I thought we had got it. It. It along with the direction from Lisa Gay, brought out gr some great performances by Jessica and and Steve, as we discussed before. So, all right. Um, the Lindsay serial killer thing, I, I can't even begin to parse what the hell the point of that was. I can't. Um, we've that 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 storyline, though clearly unfinished. We knew it. It was done. It was wrapped. I mean, yes, we didn't see the fallout of it, but we knew that that stinger of that episode. We knew what happened, and that was the best way to play that out and have that stinger. Right. Even though we hated that episode, <laughs> that have that stinger, and then let you know that's the end of that. That's that's the the spooky ending for that. To bring it back again. Did serve to do two things. One, draw out something that wasn't even interesting. Like, oh, he went back to school. Oh, he's and and is muddy at best. Uh, he really he was better, and now we're sad for him because he ends up killing himself because Jamie did the right thing that she should have, or um, Lindsay did the right thing she should have done the first episode. Right. And right. And in doing the right thing this time, they had her do it the wrong way, and explain nothing. Explain nothing. Now, perhaps. They could have gone at it like in that spur of the moment where she's feeling threatened or whatever. This she had a she had a uh, a trigger and she hands Helen the information and Helen, who's been known to be kind of a, a bad guy or at times played as the um, antagonist, could have said sorry, Lindsay. And and there could have been a conflict there, but no, they had Lindsay double down twice and say no, I gave it to you, like. And, ne and never explain it. Never explain why she chose that route. Remember, I, I, you'll if you listen to the episode, you'll hear I was like, I have to believe that she has a, 
she's so smart that she has a reason why she did right. it that way. Right. But it turns out, no, no, nope, no. And had he not killed himself, had he not been so infatuated with Lindsay that he killed himself, he would have killed other people. I mean, it's pretty clear. He would have continued to c kill, and it would have been Lindsay's fault for having put him back on the street yet again. But instead, because he kills himself, now she's sad, because we're supposed to be sad? And so she throws a funeral, and then the, the guy's like, aren't we all good? And then they, ju they, then they juxtapose that funeral with Bobby fucking the girl, which, look, as we discussed, nuance and gray area, I'm not, I'm not opposed to Bobby being like, I really have feelings for this lady, or I'm still very lonely, or Lindsay left me, so. But that's not the way they went with it. That's not what they said, which would have been believable, talking about straining credulity. Last week, they tried to do the switch of Ruby, the very last, a very powerful scene with Bobby and Lindsay, where Bobby's like, it's you, I love you. I wanna make this work for us and for our kid. It's not just for the kid, I love you. And she, right. and she says, no, I'm in a different place. And so she, and so she, she leaves him, which doesn't mean forever, right? She's confused. But regardless, if Bobby really felt that in the moment, one of two things. He either would have not fucked Terry Polo, or that scene between them would have been him saying, I'm lonely right now. I'm hurt right now. I want to retaliate right now. Let's get this thing going. Like, if you're still into it, let's do this. I need to forget myself. It's almost as if him going on a bender, get him, have him be blasted, and, he, and then he makes a mistake, and then, oh, well, how's that going to pan out? But no, they just flip the script again, and they have him say, I miss you which we can read the subtext of, I've liked you from the beginning and all this, which means everything he was saying to Lindsay is, was bullshit, right? It pulls the rug out of Neith a lot of it. Now, I'm not saying you can't have feelings for two people. I, we can discuss the minutia of it, but I'm, it's television, right? And we talk often that we have to jump right to the plot points. So it, it, it hurts me when the writing staff keeps writing conflicting subtext, which just, which, which then lessens the impact of all of it. So I'm now left, Keith, and if you recall, from the beginning, Keith has been remarkably consistent. He doesn't give a, a good goddamn about who's fucking who and all of that bullshit. That's not the stuff right. you were coming to this for. That's right. And I went the other way. I found it, I find it pretty interesting. And I was championing them to getting together. And I even could, I even enjoyed the conversation last week about about infidelity and, and continued with Phoenix online. But now now I've reached the point of, I just don't give a shit. You know, like, Bobby, go fuck everybody. Who Like, what the fuck? Clearly, I guess Dylan has like two episodes left. So I don't know if they've already made the decision at this point to write him off the show or if that happens in, this, in, in the summer before next season. I don't know how the, all the, like I said, I didn't look into the politics. I still don't know. I'm, I can't wait for the episode where you educate me on what was going on behind the scenes. But it just seems like they're like, we have to get rid of this character. Because it's just not making any goddamn sense. It's just not making any sense. And so I, I, I hate the fact that I don't give a shit anymore. So that makes the episode feel kind of like, it sucks because I like the central, the, the serial killer stuff with Lindsay, same feeling. I just feel like that plot was run so thin, I don't give two shits. I didn't give two shits. I didn't find it sensational. I didn't find it anything. I liked the Jamie stuff, mostly because of the performances. And I thought that Lisa Gay did as best she could grounding the sensationalized stuff and pulled out some really great performances in the serious stuff. So it's not a waste of an episode. I'm a little disappointed in it. I have no idea what the Easter egg is with the, with the 
Pirate Doubloom. I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, but I think it's serviceable at best. I'm going to say 6.13 spare tires. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you said, you kind of said it all. Um, there's a couple of things that I, I, I think I'll emphasize on what you said there about uh, conflicting conflicting messages from the writing staff asynchronous yeah it's and it it feels um not just inconsistent but conflicting because you you have the um the lindsay deeks arc right setting aside like the whole like 74th serial killer of it all we did a two episode arc where we're like we're standing on our principles we are not going to give our client up this is what we're going to do there may or may not be a dead girl there may be a live girl the judge has given us an out and we are going to stay in prison for a long time in order to hold up this high-minded ideal and i'm like okay great i get it the show's making a point about the the bigger picture the duty of a lawyer the integrity of these characters. All right, interesting. All right, that's the point. That's where they're going to stand on it. This is what we're going to, the story we're going to tell. And then this time is like, oh, nope, never mind. Uh, right. We're going to throw every piece of that out. And you also use the word, the trigger. And what triggers this change was pretty weak tea compared to what we've also been doing here so i i can even understand you want to tell the story that they're standing on this principle then you know what something so egregious has happened that we must change this but we didn't get a good trigger on that either we don't you know obviously we don't want him teaching in a high school uh, duh obviously but in terms of what would cause this giant change in both of these characters point of view it, it, the stakes don't seem high enough it doesn't seem emergent enough it doesn't seem like a like a trigger that makes any sense all right so uh the other thing i'll say about the deke story um and, and you could see this coming from a mile away from episodes away that we were going to sort of finish this arc with trying to have compassion for this serial killer, for the guy with mental illness, with challenges, um, you know, with him, we first meet him trying to get help, right? So mm -hmm. I understand like, okay, great. That's an interesting story to tell. Find a way to give me compassion for this serial killer. Uh, but again, with conflicting storytelling, we don't, we, you know, like we don't have compassion for this guy because like when he comes in, I need help great all right i can have compassion for the guys like i feel compelled i don't have any control over it but then when he pieces out after he gets off and then comes back and it becomes this weird thing like what are we supposed to feel compassionate for about this guy because he's got sort of a sad face the actor has a has like a sad affect to his face now we're supposed to feel bad for him it was just badly done i'm i'm fine with it ending you know, it's telling a story that ends with Lindsay as the only person at a funeral. And there's a, there's a version, there's a way to tell that story where I'm crying at the end of that, where I feel this compassion, where I, I care. But this, this isn't the story they told because it was sloppy and not well done. So we end in the emotional place of where Mike is at, where I just don't care anymore. It's worse than hating it. 
I just yeah. don't care anymore. And that's not where you want to be. Um, the Jamie case I liked more um, because, as you know, I've talked about ad nauseum, when you're drawing uh, our attention to an injustice in the system and, and the way we treat victims in this case, um, that is an injustice. It shouldn't be that way. It's terrible. I'm glad we're drawing attention to it. The, the, the specific information we get that the rape shield does not apply to witnesses that's an injustice that needs to be fixed. I like having our attention drawn to that. But you, you you see the age of the show showing up in our sort of accepting the fact that her sexual history is relevant in some fashion and is something to be ashamed of, something to be hidden. Yeah, looking at this from 2022 eyes, who gives a shit? who she's fucking, how many people she's fucking, and in what way. It, it It's none of our business, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. That's her choice. and do whatever the fuck she wants, as long as it's consensual. When it becomes unconsensual, we, we're, we're here. But it, and, and, you know, she could, she could fuck all of Valtuna, and it doesn't make a lick of difference in terms of what is consensual and what is not consensual. And, well, um, and there was a lot of, like, impl and, 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 once again, it, there was a lot of implied judgment on Eugene's part. Yes. Like, yes. how many sexual partners you have, and you're like, I'm like, who gives a shit? You fuck somebody on a Ferris wheel. Who cares? It's none, yeah. of, it's none of my business. It has nothing to do with this case. Wild horses, baby. And and I think that that is, um, you know, and that, but that was very much the attitude of 2003. And I think the show, to give it credit, and we've shit on this whole season a lot but I, to give it credit i think this is a more progressive attitude than the era i i i think that the that this was starting to lean in the direction that we were headed and while i don't think it represents where we are today and i and i think it does send some of the wrong messages that we wouldn't want said today it is at least better than it could have been and mm -hmm. so i will at least yeah. acknowledge that um so, uh, you know, and Bobby fucking Terry Polo at this point, I, you know, I'm with you. I don't care. Who gives a shit, man? I don't care. It does like this. I'm not rooting for their relationship and haven't for a while. I'm not rooting. I, I feel bad for Lindsay mainly because of, I feel bad for her writing. I don't know. It's a whatever. I don't care. Uh, so. <laughs> and they've sort of given up trying to make any sense out of the Terry Polo character. Like she's spoken out of both sides of her mouth so so many times. The whole like, time, yeah. And like, like everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody's a mess. Nobody's motivations are clear. It's just it's the same thing. There's a story to tell there that I'm going to be really in, emotionally invested in. It, it just wasn't told that way this time. So and before there's any kickback from you know from the community that well that's real people right. Everybody's a hypocrite. Everything. To, I agree with that, but that's not that's not storytelling. That's not storytelling. That's that's bad well, writing. You can. It's conflicting writing. You, I mean, good writing can tell a hypocritical character's point of view in a way that is has its own internal logic, even in the messy hypocrisy of it. Uh so uh, yeah, it, you know, eh, six point two two. Uh, that's what you get. So uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, folks, it is time to address two the Easter egg. Or three. <clears throat> there are two two more episodes 
of season seven. What are you going to do? How are they going to do it? I, I can't tell you. I'm, no spoilers. And then, I mean, you how know, could they? I mean, like, let's let's think. Like, how can they get rid of Bobby and completely obliterate the Lindsay character? I have well, an you, idea. You, you, well, you're also assuming that this is when Bobby leaves. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, you, I've you, seen the cover art of season seven, and it has Spader on it. So, I mean, I guess he could come further in the season. So. Right. We don't know. But uh, anyway, so I think it is time to address our Easter egg. Yes, it's gonna yes, make yes, yes, it's yes. gonna make sense when uh, when I explain it to you. Uh, oh, Jillian so we, is rehearsing or auditioning right now. She is she is rehearsing. That's that's uh that's what's happening. So, uh, so what do we have here? We have skull and crossbones and some thread, perhaps some loose thread. Uh huh. There's a loose thread with a pirate. Or is that poison? What is the skull and crossbones? It is death. We are killing off our loose threads. Uh, <laughs> so we're, we're not just tying them up. We're killing them off. So we lost it. two of our serial killers this episode. I love it. <laughs> and a marriage. Perfect. So yeah. killing them off. Killing off our Fair. loose threads. Okay. Uh, all right, folks. You have been listening to the Out of Practice Podcast. If you would like to reach out to us and talk about, you know, your thoughts and feelings about this, you can find us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. While you're at it, you know, hop on to Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting service and leave us a rating and review. Join the jury. You know, nobody has in years now. Uh, so just surprise us. You know, why not? Give it a shot. But you know who never ceases to surprise us? Our undying love for our founding sponsors, Jorge Novoa, Cloud Lover 69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. Hey, you want to give us money for that last season? You can still do it. There's still time, baby. In fact, are you listening to this in the future? Me and Keith have already finished this show. You can still give us money. One-time contribution, monthly contribution to help us with whatever shows we're doing in the future. You can find those links in our show notes or just watch our other stuff. Stick with us, guys. Uh, you're the best part of us. Well, not of us, but of like this online <laughs> thing we're doing. Hey, do me a favor. I'm going to need you to come to the morgue and identify a couple of dead serial killers. And then after that, I'm going to need you to go ahead and grab this laser beam and shoot off some laser sounds. Laser sounds.